This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The trade relationship between the United States and South Korea, two longtime allies, is under new strain. One of the biggest reasons is because the Biden administration is implementing the electric vehicle tax credits from the Inflation Reduction Act. That legislation, which was signed into law this past summer, includes tax breaks designed to accelerate the production of electric vehicles on U.S. soil. But South Korean officials say those credits violate previous trade agreements and undercut their own automakers. The new tensions also come at a sensitive time for the Biden administration, which is ramping up its economic outreach across Asia. So today we check in with Politico's Stephen Overly about why South Korean officials aren't happy with the tax credits and how the Biden administration is responding. It's Tuesday, October 25th. So Stephen, you've been reporting about how the trade relationship between the U.S. and South Korea is under new strain as the Biden administration goes about implementing its tax credits for electric vehicles as part of the new U.S. climate law. So you actually got to speak with some South Korean officials. What's their main concern? So the big concern here is that some foreign-made vehicles will be excluded from these tax credits because there is a requirement that the vehicle be assembled in North America, as well as some requirements around the content of that vehicle, meaning its parts, where they're made and where they come from. And so the South Korean government has real concerns that some of their major automakers could be excluded from these tax credits. And essentially what that means is American consumers may have less of a reason to buy one of those vehicles because they don't get this tax break from it. And the Koreans are not alone in this. The European Union, as well as Japan, have also been very vocal critics of these new incentives and have reached out to counterparts in the Biden administration and in Congress, trying to be sure that their companies are not discriminated against as this law gets implemented. Gotcha. And you mentioned the Korean automakers in particular. So how far along are some of the big ones that we know about in actually developing electric vehicles? And why are they saying the tax credits in the U.S. are a problem for them in particular when it comes to their plans? Well, all of these companies, including South Korean automakers, have been investing for years in electric vehicles and have electric vehicles on the market that consumers can buy. The issue for these companies is really where those vehicles are made. Because there's this requirement that vehicles are assembled in North America, you know, if that car is manufactured in Korea or is manufactured in Europe and is then brought to the U.S. for sale, it would not be eligible for this tax credit. And so that essentially puts them at a disadvantage. These tax credits can be up to $7,500. So if I'm an American consumer going to dealerships, comparing multiple electric vehicles, if I get a $7,500 tax break on one car over another, that's certainly a chunk of change that might sway my decision. And so I think there's a real concern from companies that this law will put their products at a disadvantage. And then beyond just kind of where the car is manufactured, we know the tax credits have requirements around domestic sourcing of 
the materials that go into electric vehicles, such as batteries. So what kind of challenges do those requirements present for companies who are looking to get in on the EV supply chain more broadly? Well, that's I think the big picture to really understand here is that what the Biden administration is trying to do, what Congress is trying to do, is make the U.S. supply chain stronger so that critical minerals, high-end batteries, electric vehicles are manufactured in the U.S. and the U.S. economy is far less dependent on other economies such as China to produce those products. And so that's the goal here for the administration. And the challenge that presents for companies is now they really have to look at their supply chain and see where are they manufacturing these goods? Where are they sourcing their critical minerals from? That's not the United States or one of the countries that the U.S. has a free trade agreement with, that presents a real problem for them in terms of accessing these tax breaks. And so companies really now have to take a look at their supply chain, see where it's located, what economies they're dependent on, and potentially try to reorient those supply chains now to be more U.S. focused, or at the very least focused around countries with which the U.S. has sort of a positive and cooperative relationship. Right. So the U.S., you know, as we said, they're already going about implementing these tax credits. So how is South Korea in particular thinking about responding? What are some of the options they're weighing? Is there hope that they can somehow persuade how these tax credits are being implemented? And how are Biden officials receiving those concerns? So this is actually a very critical time right now because essentially the Treasury Department is taking the law that Congress passed and deciding exactly how all of these new tax benefit programs will be implemented. And so you see officials from the EU, from South Korea, kind of doing a real blitz here in Washington, meeting with their counterparts in the Biden administration, like U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai and Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, and meeting with key lawmakers on Capitol Hill, essentially pressing all of them to get an answer to this question of, will their cars be excluded and how can they prevent that from happening? There are some real questions as to whether the Biden administration can make changes on their own that will satisfy these trading partners, or if it's going to require Congress to actually amend the Inflation Reduction Act. And so those are the sorts of questions that these trading partners are trying to figure out right now as they come up with a solution. In terms of how that's being received, I mean, Biden administration officials have said that they're listening to these trading partners, that they're hearing their concerns, and they'll be responsive to them. But, you know, at the end of the day, this law is fundamentally about strengthening the U.S. economy and strengthening the U.S. supply chain. And so it remains to be seen whether they actually make any big changes based on the criticisms that South Korea, Europe, and others have about this law. Also, on Monday, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission rejected a challenge by environmentalists to the agency's August decision to give the controversial Mountain Valley Pipeline more time to complete construction. The move by FERC opens up the project to another court challenge from environmental groups that oppose the pipeline, but it also marks a small win for its proponents, like Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. For context, the Mountain Valley Pipeline has become one of the most washed pipeline cases because of its importance to Manchin. But the project has faced numerous permitting hurdles at the state and federal levels, 
and FERC gave the project until October 2026 to complete construction. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by Mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com slash RNG.